So what's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? I have gotten, I mean, the amount of music I have obtained since <laughs> last noticed. we spoke. I mean, you know, there was one certain individual who obviously is like, you know, must hate Lars Ulrich so much. <laughs> I mean, you just must hate him. Just, but one way or another, yes, a certain person who we, uh, you know, won't want to, you know, get involved in the law. So, uh, but uh, he uh, opened up like entire catalogs of back, you know, <laughs> albums of like people from the 70s and if you think about that it's the albums then the remasters then the box sets then the best of i mean there is <laughs> the same like 18 different versions of the same fucking song yes, in there for, like numerous so that's ridiculous then on top of that uh my in-laws have been uh you know cleaning out their basement and uh 20 years ago some co-worker of my father-in-law gave him his entire record collection and he wow. doesn't have any need for it. So they found that, and they gave it to us, and that pretty much quadrupled the size of our record collection, giving us pretty much the entire Beatles catalog, uh, you know, some, you know, Zeppelin, some Doors, uh, Janis awesome. Joplin. I mean, it is just like, I am loving that. And then, of course, I also bought shit. You know, I got a, a Johnny Cash album, Curtis Mo- Mayfield, uh, Butt Trumpet. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to nice. get some butt trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? So, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, you know, stopping all of that and listening to Judas Priest was not easy for the last, <laughs> you know, a few weeks. But, but I did it. You know. Yeah. All right. Good. I've uh, done really little since our last meeting. <laughs> Trying to stay away from. People with no masks. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't leave the house. I, well, I've been trying to like you know, put a mask on before I leave and then just keep it on anytime I leave the house for any fucking thing. And uh, it's I've not kept up with that game plan. I don't know. I'll, you know, end up over at the gas station, all of a sudden realize, oh, shit, I'm not wearing a mask. That's- <laughs> Why don't you leave mm. the mask in your car? That's where I leave mine. I have three of them in my car. And oh. I... You know, get out to do whatever I'm left the house to do, and it's like, oh shit! I feel like you can pump gas without wearing one. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah, just don't go into the store. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, out here where I live, it's like people just they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. I, it's uh, so funny because I went to get propane for my grill, and I went to this little tiny place called Handy Mart, <laughs> and there nobody in there was wearing a mask, but they were out of. Well, not, they were only taking cash, so I'm like, all right, well, let me go to Sheets. Did you get a handy? Acro- <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, went to Sheets literally across the street, and everyone was wearing a mask. It's like, what the hell? Anyway. I haven't seen anyone without a mask in a long time. So. Well, that's good. But you live out in Silver Spring, right? Right. Yeah. You're closer to the city, so people probably be a little, ca- a little more cautious up there. Yeah. Where I am, it's like, luckily we don't have any cases, so it's yeah. probably that's probably what people are thinking. We're like, ah, there's nothing out here. I'm not going to get it. But so. yeah, yeah, and I don't think there's a lot of. Well, I shouldn't generalize the whole county, but there's. <laughs> I feel like most people that live in Clark County work in Clark County. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people that live in Clark Clark County, County never left Clark County. I know it's still <laughs> that's true too. Incredibly yeah. rural, even. even Yes. Compared to like Frederick County next to it, and loud, well, this is exciting geographic. I know. <laughs> we were like, so. <laughs> I was uh, down at Harper's Ferry, and we were uh, window shopping. Yeah, right. and- 
Well, at least the Harper's Ferry, I think people. Yeah, it's got some Might value. Know. Yeah, nobody Let's knows. Keep talking about County, Boyce, Virginia, Virginia. Frederick County, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Boyce population six forty. When did you first fall in love with metal? I went to this record store and I was going to get the new Journey album. And there was like an older kid there, and he's like, "Don't get that, man. Get this." And he gave me the Ozzy Osbourne "Blizzard of Oz." Where else can these kids go? Where they come somewhere and they all feel a sense of, you know, this is our thing, you know. Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. They came out of nowhere, under the ground. The, the passion and the darkness, the evil of the music. You know, marriage is like marriage is like. You ever go to a concert and you see a mosh pit and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go get in that mosh pit. But then once you get in, it, you're like, I do not want to be in this mosh pit. Good win in a wrestling match. Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Alrighty. So, welcome back to Summer Time Podcast, everybody. SummerTimePodcast.com is where you go to find all of our stuff. We've got all of our episodes streaming there for you. Links to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, I'm trying to keep up with the YouTube, so please subscribe. Check us out. So, yeah. We're back, and we have more 1990 goodies. Watch yeah. me clean my glasses on YouTube. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Watch Joe clean his glasses. <laughs> so yeah, this is a pretty big episode. We got a lot to dig into on this episode. Um, we are talking about The Eye by King Diamond, uh, Painkiller by Judas Priest, and Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Yeah. Um, so I'm Eric. We've got Tim here. Yeah, hello. Joe's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith's here. Good evening. And we have a special guest this episode. Um, he came on one episode before, so we'd like to welcome back to the program, Justin Hesler. Say hello, Justin. Hey. So, Justin was brought in because, well, um, he had a lot to say on this Megadeth album we're going to talk about. We put a thing <laughs> on social media and said, what are your thoughts on this album? And Justin wrote the most oh. of anyone. <laughs> I don't know if it was on purpose. It was more like a discussion. It just well, yeah, continued. That's true. That's true. The last time I wrote something for the show, Keith was like, what is it, the novel? When I- <laughs> oh, you were the guy who wrote well, Yes. All right. <laughs> that was on Justin. Right? Nice yeah. to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So should we start with Megadeth? Since, uh, if, if you want to. We got I, just, I mean, it's, whole, it's, are you, that's are you the real for, meat of the conversation. Wait, are you here for the whole show or just to talk about Megadeth? I took notes for everything. Well, well, let's just do it like normal. I say. You say? Okay. All right. We can do yeah, it either way. End. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So then who are we starting with? King Diamond? Yeah. Yes. I say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah sure. Definitely. Okay. So I mentioned. Where? Oh, I got it. Never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to find the <laughs> listener feedback. I found oh, yeah. That's, yeah. What, well, yeah, exactly. um, that's, I, that's I what I'm finding to. right now myself. So. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of feedback on King Diamond, so you got time to find it. Um we put a little thing out on social media, and we're going to keep doing this, so if you've got thoughts on albums that we talk about coming up, you can keep an eye out on social media. We'll, we'll post stuff in the future, but um, 
you know, it was just a thing that said, hey, what are your thoughts on these albums? And uh, we got some feedback from a couple people on, on King Diamond specifically. So I will, um, I'll read the one from Keith. Wait, I think we should go with us first and then read. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't want to be, I don't want my opinion to be altered. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can save the comments with him. That's fine. I don't think my opinion is going to be altered. So, or at least towards. The well, end. I, I mean, I would say it might give us some, uh, you know, something to well, talk well, about. <laughs> All right. No, All right. I think we should. <laughs> then, Joe, go ahead and start the shit. <laughs> Get into it. Well, here, let's play a little bit of it, so okay. we can. But you don't have to play the first track. Play yeah, it. play. Okay. Play something cooler. Play the second. Actually, the second one was probably well. Let me see. What else say? Oh, this song is. Yeah. Okay. Shut up, song. You stand accused before the burning court for practicing witchcraft. All right. Why did you, you pick that? I love that fucking song, asshole. Uh, you know, well, you guys, you guys are un- unprofessional. No, look, no, snickering uh, at the theatrics. Well, well deserved not? snickering. Uh, oh, I've never heard anyone. <laughs> he was being the witch, okay? Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> Because it's awesome. Story. Because exactly, it's a story. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's a story. All right. Oh, and so, then, and, and the characters involved were, you know, some of them based are on real human events. Yes. Yes. Oh. So, uh, King Diamond is King Diamond on vocals and keyboards. Um, Andy Larocque on guitars. Pete Block on guitars. Hal Patino, 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 Patino on bass. Snowy Shaw. On drums, which are electronic drums on this album. Oh, really? I would guess it's Hal Petito. Hal they Petito. Are. What did I say? You said all of them. You said okay. all the phonics versions. And Roberto Falco on keyboards. <laughs> and this band is from Denmark. Uh, with other musicians, it's kind of from Sweden, I think. Mostly mm-hmm. from Sweden, it looked like. I was kind of looking at their um, lineup. Um, and the fun fact about this album recorded a mix at Sweet Silent Studios wow. in Copenhagen. How about that? Heard of that which one. do you guys know the connection? I think I, I do. And imagine it's a, it involves Metallica. It might <laughs> a little bit. That's where, yeah. that's where Ride the Lightning yeah. and Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning were recorded. Yeah. Is there something magical in that studio that takes all like the bass out of albums? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was built by Fleming Rasmussen, or well, not built, but it was it's Fleming Rasmussen's studio, so. That was my, the thing I disliked the most about the album is it's not just the bass yeah. guitar. There's just no bass. Right. Yeah. Even I mean, the drums about that are too. all trebly. Yeah. Everything is treble. It's, on that. Yeah, it's non existent. I said the bass is flat and non existent on this album. 
Yeah. Um, frustrating. It took me a while to get over that. That, but um, this is the. I didn't. I had never heard this album until we were listening for this show. Holy oh, shit. really? Yeah. Me either. <laughs> really? This is that, that took me, well, a couple me listens for yeah. me to get into it. I ended up. I, I think it's great. I love it. Uh, that's this is the album that started me on King Diamond. This is you know, kid up the street, pick this one up, and uh, you know, holy crap! I don't know. Uh, after this, you know, I went back and got all the earlier stuff, but still, I, I'm that's the thing for me. We all know when you get into a band, you know, that first album, that first introduction, you're always going to have is going to have a special was, place in your heart. So mm-hmm, I yeah. absolutely so, love this album. Uh, it, that was it, them for me. So. Ah, uh, well, that's probably his best. Maybe Abigail. But one way or another, this album, so I, yeah, you guys can talk the shit all you want on this, and I'm still going to okay. tell you you're a fucking piece of shit, because well, no, I mean, rules. Yeah, well, Eric and I listen, were texting about it, and? I'm, I'm glad you're sitting down, because <laughs> I might be getting used to his vocals. Um, <laughs> this is good. This yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah, me, well, on this album particularly, because he didn't yeah, do quite as much. Yeah, I and, felt like... He was more, I don't know. I mean, obviously the song we just listened to was silly, but, you know, like I said, he well, was in I'm character. Saying, oh, man. I, oh, God, I still remember my brother and I were at a bar in New Orleans right the day before Halloween, and it was some, like, you know, metal bar. And so we started plugging, you know, quarters into the jukebox, and I threw this thing on and was just, like, going crazy on it. And, oh, it was. <sighs> <sighs> Did you guys look yeah, up but- any reviews on this album? No. Like user reviews. Uh, so apparently, yeah. when this came out, this sort of split the fandom. Wow. Yeah, because people were upset that it's not. It wasn't the vocals weren't all over the top like normal. There was more mid range uh, stuff. People were like, it's it's more like just heavy metal with not as much of the extreme stuff. And I was like, well, that's what's good about it. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that's I why I, I of all the King Diamond and Merciful Fate stuff I, we've done, this is probably the one that I was the least, I guess, offended by. Yeah, his lyrics yeah. Have never. I mean, his his vocals have never really bothered me. So. I mean, when he goes, whether like, he's doing the high high pitch oh, stuff or not, I I don't look at that as necessary or or you know part of something that he's got to do as a singer. So didn't bother me. I just I consider it. Was, I consider it talent. It is. You, you guys, you guys wouldn't know much about that. <laughs> I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> Sam, God, <laughs> this is crazy. The animosity this band brings up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I, I like this album better than Painkiller. Yes, that. me too. Whoa, um, me I'm too. Surprised I, at that. Look, but... I didn't dislike this album. I no. think musically, this album's fantastic. Yeah, I said that. I think I said that about about the last time we talked about them. Mm-hmm. What was it? Them, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but and like I said, the, the vocals, while some of it is still silly, and I'm kind of getting used to it. I am getting used to it, and I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I might be coming around a little bit. So yeah, um, I mean, look, the eye of the, eye of the witch, the opener. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that, a great song. That's a good song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like a little time um, change in there. It's kind of cool. I think the the guitar solos on this album are fantastic. Yeah, um, what do you guys, uh, guitar players? Uh, I want your opinion on uh, insanity. Oh, that oh, song! Really is, I'm not a guitar player. But holy shit, that song is good. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. awesome. I like that a lot, actually. I didn't make it through that one. <laughs> It's an instrumental. Mm-hmm. Well, that would have been good. Yeah. And I don't, it's not that I dislike King Diamond's vocals. <clears throat> I just, it's, when you go back and listen to an album like this 30 years later, and you have no nostalgia attaching you to it, it's like, I don't know. 
it would take me a lot of listens before I really could come up with what I think about it. Yeah, that's probably our biggest issue. At least Eric and I, when we go back to yeah. this stuff, is like there's nothing. There's nothing that's grabbing. Well, us. I had I had no nostalgia with this album either, but yeah. but I, I like the band. Yeah, You're a fan already. Well, that's so. that's part of it too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I had a little bit of you know a head start, but the, the album's fairly short, isn't it? It didn't. I don't feel like it took well, forty four minutes. To be clear, I listened to all three albums yeah. of Pro, and this was the last one. So by that point, I was like. <laughs> oh, this album of... means this. You need to listen to this album multiple times. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. well, I can play a little bit of insanity. Yeah, yeah. Please play. do. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much that. The whole. I mean, it gets a little more complex, but yeah, the ending My reminded action. me of uh, Forbidden a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I said I could see Ghost doing something like that. That kind of reminded me of Ghost a little bit. Yeah, it reminds me of the, the theme song to Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one, two, or three. The first, any of them, I think. Right? <laughs> Not in town. <laughs> Stay a while and wish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that the um, like the album, the the second half, I I feel like was better. That's what I said too. Really? It got, yeah. I think it got the songs were catchier. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I don't know that the. the I love the storyline. The storyline, the first storyline that really is only, you know, trial and burn. I love, you know, the witch burning. Yeah, I didn't dislike the first. I just thought it was, I, th- I think the more I listened to it, the ending of the album made it more memorable to me, which kept me, you know, going back and listening to it more, which made me like, you know, the whole overall album more. But like the, the songs at the end are really catchy, I think. Yeah, I like, like the meetings. Forty Two Imprisonment, the meetings. Yeah, yeah the, the meetings was my favorite song on the album. Yeah, those are really good songs. Yeah. Um, Dying These Walls, also good. Yeah. Yeah. What is Father Picard? And the priests. Well, there's a whole story behind this. I mean, yeah. if you look at the Wikipedia page for this album, it yeah. t- kind of tells what the story is. But like Joe was saying earlier, it is based on, I mean, I don't know if it's based on true events, but it's based on true, like, real people. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think they were really. And that pisses me off There was, so an, much. There was no yeah, eye on a, on a, people, on a necklace that, that caused people to die. That part is probably all. <laughs> In their own minds. Yes. Yeah, right. But I mean, that pisses me off so much because I actually, in high school, like I, you know, I heard this album for the first time, I guess, probably eighth grade, maybe. Probably eighth grade, yeah. Uh, That's not high school. But, you know, for like every single goddamn history, you know, project I needed to do, I was trying to find this shit to do like a paper one like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's if you give me a break who did not write like a paper on Alexander the Great when they were in in high school I didn't no. this album didn't come out till we were in high school Keith so it would have been ninth grade all right then I was yes one way or another it was in fucking high school well I think the story of Father Picard was he was the one that was like he 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 spiked the wine or something like that yes yeah, he, he spiked he the wine the roof, with the roofied them or whatever yeah. it was back then yeah basically yeah, drug them so that they could you know Bring children and, and did sacrifice he end up getting, them to uh, Satan. Si- he was sentenced to death, I think, right? Something like that. 
Yeah. Got it. I've got it up right now. So say, it just says he was arrested. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that's that's Father David, Pierre David. Picard. Yeah, Father Mathurin Picard. 1642, which was the um, the year of the imprisonment. Yeah. So I wonder if he was. Um, I wonder if he was sentenced to death or just happened to die. I mean, well, let's time. let's play a little Father yeah. Picard since we're talking about it. Right? Yeah. Oh wait, before I play Father Picard, <laughs> burn to death in the fire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Vocal melodies there, or vocal harmonies there. Yeah. Don't forget the uh, the dueling keyboards in that song. Oh, <laughs> go to at two thirty five. There's a weird keyboard thing that happens in that song. Mm. Okay, let's see. Hold on. Oh, yeah. So, Joe, you said uh, remind you to talk about what Ozzy, the Ozzy connection. Or? Well, I went and listened to the album prior to this, which was the um, which is called Conspiracy. Oh yeah, and there were tons of riffs on that that sounded like um, Zach Wild, which I oh really, yeah. I, I just it was hmm. the fact that you said that reminded me of that. Was it like harmonics or yeah, a lot of that and the hmm. just it's very Zach Wildy. I don't know. What the reasoning is for that? I just think it's probably just a coincidence. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got a lot of uh, uh, like there were a couple other songs on this album that reminded me of Ozzy, like early Ozzy, like uh, Blizzard of Oz type Ozzy type yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, just straight. I don't know if there's any kind of connection, like they had a, a touring history together or anything. I, I've never heard. I don't of think so. Though. I don't think so. No. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, were in the same circles in Eng- England well, and Europe. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was just well. He conspiracy. was in Texas. I kind of wish we we talked about conspiracy when we were talking about eighty nine albums because that was also really. Good. Oh, was that eighty nine? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We figured you guys were, you know, had enough <laughs> of the King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just we just overlooked it. I think. Yeah. So there's a theme I noticed on this album vocally where he does a lot of just following the melody vocally that like the guitar or like just the main melody of the song he follows it to to the t vocally well he um, wrote most of it so that yeah i know it's just a lot of times you know you're, you the the melody in, in the chorus isn't exactly exact you know to a t what the guitar player is doing you know what i mean like i think the curse was one where he was doing that Love that riff. See what I mean?
That's what I mean. I just mean he follows. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. I just, that was a the theme of the album. To me. Maybe he was really into DRI back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the other, you made that point about that band. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I would like you to, if you could kind of concisely play the hooks to the meetings and the 1642 imprisonment, I think they're really good mm. choruses. While we're on the meeting, I do want to play a couple parts in this song. I think this song has an awesome breakdown. Uh, 3.33, I think it is. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Kind of Voivati, too, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the solo in the song is really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, yeah, what was the other chorus you wanted to hear, Joe? 1642. Okay. So you hear the keyboards? Yeah. yeah. In the background? That's the, the Roto Sound speakers, right? Sure. <laughs> Does anybody else? <laughs> what, I didn't hear what you said. The Rotosound se- speakers. Yeah, this there's it's uh, it's prominent on a, a clutch song too. If you listen in the background the, to the keyboards on the chorus. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The end of Blast Tyrant. They have the sim- a similar keyboard part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that the sound is made by the the speakers. I think they spin. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Huh. I didn't know Which that. Which gives them that weird, like in and out, that oscillating. Oh, that's crazy sound. But the fact that it's on a metal album in 1990 is, I thought, was pretty fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, the song "Burn." There's a violin solo. Because <laughs> he says like. The violin, and then it plays a violin. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. All right then. Well, what do you guys think of uh, Two Little Girls? Because that's the one oh, that, God. to me is like horrible. <laughs> so bad. You know, maybe we didn't need that one. That's a throwaway track. That's the one I like the best. <laughs> <laughs> I said I like it a lot. This is different. It, it oh, is different. It's oh, different. Oh, oh. oh, man. There's no drums on this song. I mean, there's no guitar in it. Is it's I? just I mean, like, yeah. come on. It's Glockenspiel and like you know him, <laughs> you know, doing an evil nursery him rhyme. doing King Diamond. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just said it was it was almost like an interlude. It's not really even a song. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. It is an interlude. It, it takes you from the witch burning to the possessions at Louvier. Yeah.
This is Soaking Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Really, that's a cello. Or, yeah, a cello simulator. Yeah, well, we don't have to listen to the whole song, but, yeah. It's like when you go to somebody's house on Halloween, they're playing, like, evil music. <laughs> that's yeah. what that sounds like. <laughs> like, ooh, scary. The background music definitely does sound just like that. Yeah. All right, I got it. I'm going to do a correction. So, it's called a, I think it's called a Leslie speaker. I was oh. talking about before. Um, okay. And it, uh, it, ampl- or it modifies the sound by rotating a, a baffle chamber in so, front of the loudspeakers. So why was Leslie's speaker brought up? I just wanted to, to, to make sure I was getting the termo- terminology right, and I was not. It's a Leslie speaker. I, I, I the, Leslie, sure. the Leslie David Gilmore used tons of times with Pink Floyd. You'd have them on stage with lights on them, and they'd you'd see them spinning. Oh, wow. Cool. I, I could definitely see it for that. So, yeah. But, but also because his spacey sounds that he would make and stuff. So. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sound <laughs> of this album, I thought was okay, but I feel like the drums were just, you said, Tim, they might be a drum machine. They, they are oh. electric drums. They are electric drums? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. I, mean, yeah. I, I would honestly have to say Snowy Shaw is the worst drummer he's ever worked with. So. Oh, really? <laughs> I, okay. he, he sucks, yeah. Well, he's got a douchey name, so. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My name is Snowy. Okay. <laughs> well, um, if he's from Scandinavia, maybe it's apt. I guess so. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that could be like John there. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, so do you want to give our grades or do you want to read some listener feedback? Yeah, let's, let's do the feedback. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Joe, do you – I think I, you worked with him. Uh, Keith Zolka, do you remember Keith? I think I should read Keith's because I'm Keith. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Should, should, I, should I do it in true King Diamond voice? <laughs> the eye is my favorite King Diamond. What is great is my opinion. In my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah, all right, Chip. Fuck that. All right. Uh, maybe just read it. Properly. Yeah, yeah. The Eye is my favorite King Diamond. What is great, in my opinion. Great songs. Hey, I'm fucking this up. Time out. No, you're good. What is can... great, in my opinion. Great songs and story. Very atmospheric. Good mix of guitar and keyboard. Great playing and great production, although now sounds a bit dated, like most of the other 80s albums. Give Eye of the Witch behind these walls a listen at least. And we did. I listened to the whole album. Mm-hmm. You should give it more than one. That was yeah. Keith Zolka. Joe and I worked with Keith at um, Pizza Hut hey, back in the day. <laughs> we opened for his band a couple times too, I think. So thank you, Keith, for that. <laughs> did I open for his band too, then considering? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know, Tim, maybe you should read Ray's because. So, Ray I, Outlier. Because I tagged him in the post. Yeah, Yeah, because you tagged him in the post. Yeah. Okay, Ray Outlier, who's in the band Outlier, which is a thrash band. Uh, He says, The Eye was a decent record, but also a disappointment for me personally. Father Picard is a standout track for me on this one, but it felt like he wore out his welcome in terms of excitement. I'll always maintain that losing Mickey D was a way bigger loss than anyone gave it credit for, being... uh, And he started to slide downhill after Conspiracy came out. 
Them was a pinnacle record for me, and although I love Conspiracy, it lacked what Them and the first two records had. The Eye felt boring to me, but also came out at a time when metal was starting to give way to other genres. It only got worse for me with each release after The Eye, with a few gems like Voodoo and a resurgence with the last record. I still do and always will love and support The King, though. So... Yeah, thank you, Ray. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I found when I was going through just random user reviews was people were like, this is like his best album, or they were like, this is a piece of shit. I think <laughs> a lot of the old school fans of this band, pretty much the old canon, you know, really, I mean, as much as Fatal Portrait, you know, was his first album, it is not nearly as good as Abigail, Them, and Conspiracy. And those three are really kind of the biggest, and those four really are kind of the, you know, you know, as everybody says, you know, the first four for Metallica, you know, mm-hmm. you get the old school. That's that. Some people include the eye into this and other people are like, fuck the eye. No, it's, it's, it, he changed then. And that was it. You know, and after that's such conspiracy, a, that was it. You know, it's such a I mean, it, I didn't feel like it was that drastic of a departure for me. It, it wasn't. Musically, <laughs> I didn't think so either. No. Yeah. No. I mean, he, apparently, he, the, I mean, the only was, thing is he might have used more keyboards. Yeah. His, one thing know. that was noted was that the it's. The album, it's the first one that had a, a narrator as opposed to yeah, I noticed that too. first person accounts. But, I mean, that's... People don't like it change. It's like a small thing. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They really don't. don't. Even metal, the slightest... Metal fans are very... Man. They get very angry. You change even the slightest little thing. It's probably true thing. Of, uh, of several genres. I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean... All right, so should we uh, grade this one? Yeah, let's, let's, let's have an end to this. <laughs> Uh, I will give it a B minus. Me too, B minus. But I will say I will go back to this album, and that's not something I've said about King Diamond ever. So, yeah. agreed. Yeah. I love it when I get to hear albums that I I missed, you know, when we were younger, and this is one of those albums that I like rather. Um, I give it a I'm gonna give it a B. It loses points because the production. I just yeah, the yeah. production sucks. Like yeah. there's no it's pretty rough. balls to the <clears> album. <throat> It's very troubling. But anyway, B. Good. Easy B. For me, I mean, there's no way in hell I'm going to give this anything other than an A. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is it like just just nostalgic alone will make me give this thing, you know. Sure. Yeah. I love this right. album. I'm always – I go back to this one probably more than any other King Diamond album. Oh, yeah. well, interesting. Maybe oh, yeah, them. Yeah, the this and them. Right? This and, Yeah, because of the nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, but this and them are probably the two biggest. But uh, it, it – yeah. A this and them easily. <laughs> this and them. Well, it's this the fucking name of the album. This, this and they. This and them. <laughs> All right, Justin. Incomplete. Justin, he didn't listen to it. Yeah, I would say incomplete. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> the best song at the end. Justin but, gets the F. <laughs> yeah, I get the F. He's like from a substitute I, teacher. He's like, I'm not doing fucking grades. <laughs> but from what I did hear, it was it was C-ish. But that, it, it's hard to judge on the first listen like that yeah you can't you can't come in cold to that album and yeah. give it a fair shake mm, no it's worth i think it's definitely worth going back and listening to a few more times yeah i i agree yeah well i, I mean to it. i definitely i obviously i do but I, I i'm trying to give you a, a recommendation i was surprised i was surprised yeah. at how much i liked it i listened I mean, to it three times preparing for this yeah, so. at least three times yeah i went back to it so yeah yeah three times. all right if we move on to uh, <laughs> yeah, let's it'll add up to Judas Priest, painkiller. All right, start with the, of course, yeah.
I mean, how is the drummer not doing double bass during that that part right there? <laughs> I mean, that that just screams like that. That is, you know, we, we've we've talked about in every single album. Everyone is doing double bass at this point in their careers. That is where double bass was supposed to be, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of drummers, this is the first Judas Priest album with Scott Travis on drums. Um, but you got Rob Halford on vocals, Glenn Tipton guitars, KK Downing guitars, and Ian Hill on bass. So you got the classic lineup, except for Scott a significant Travis upgrade on drums. <laughs> Absolutely, and you you can tell that from the very first second of the album. You're like, oh, yeah. holy shit! Okay, yeah. that's an iconic opening to a, yeah. yeah an album without question. Yeah, and this was produced by Judas Priest and Chris Tangarides. Um, uh, yeah, the I don't like to get into reviews from. Uh, critics right away, but I got to say that one of the best blurbs of a review I was reading was that the um, the the guy I, I I can go find out who wrote this, but um, he said right away like the uh, the drumming seemed to inspire everyone else in the band. Yeah, that's like, very true. Game absolutely, and, so, and they were like the, the album kind of came out of nowhere as a, as a metal. Yeah, album. considering. Turbo and then ram it down with the albums before this, and those were both yes. piles of garbage. Yes, <laughs> this is like good on it. What's that? Which one had Johnny be good? Ram it down. That was ram it down. That was horrible. So bad. Yeah. But this is like Priest meets Thrash almost because there are yeah. some major thrashy moments on this album. This is them realizing that the people who were previously looking up to them had surpassed them. Yeah, yeah. the bands, and they're like, this was oh the shit. This was the first Judas Priest album I owned, and the only one I'd owned for like a long time. Oh wow! Like, it wasn't. I mean, I heard I heard some of their songs before, but um, th- this was. It just came in our monthly uh, free tapes from Columbia House. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yep. And I was like, yeah. "Holy shit! This is not what I expected from Judas Priest." Yeah. Uh, and I've always loved the album. I just, Probably mainly because of the drumming. The drumming is just—it's like double bass almost the whole oh, yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just badass, and the it sounds good. Mm-hmm. It, it's there's no slow shit on the album. It was just like a great. I mean, there, it was, it's probably—is it their only thrash album? Right? There's the, yeah, is it, there's, well, does it count as thrash? There's a slow song at the end. There is one slow song, yeah. But yeah, it's probably their only really speed metal type album. I mean, he did some. Speed Wait, what's the slow song we're talking about? New Living Bad Dreams. Yeah, yeah, Living Bad Dreams. Yeah. A Touch of yeah. Evil, I thought was... Yeah, yeah Touch of Evil, anyway. yeah, that's, that is slower, yeah. It's got but some keyboards and stuff. It's, I don't know. I like I, I like the well, sound of that one, too. It, it what I was in. curious about, because after this, so this album was the last one with Rob Halford before he came back yeah. in 2005. Yeah, for like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, but he went on to join Fight, which was another thrash issue. He didn't that join, was, he created Fight. He created, that was, sorry. that was his reaction to Pantera. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sorry, I meant to say created. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. um. But it makes me wonder. So, was the rest of the band like that? Was cool. We did thrash. Now we should get back to what we really used to do. You know, no, what I, mean? I, I think they I, gave- that, I bought that album. The next album they made, one with the big demon on face. It's on called the- Jug Jugulator. Jugulator. That shit was like super heavy. It. Oh, was it okay? I mean, that was the album that I picked up, in, and I remember everybody making fun of me because I had a Judas Priest album. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Listen to this, and it was. Well, like- it was. It reminded me Owens, of the right? side. It was so yeah. fast and heavy. It was wow. Like, I mean, it was brutal heavy. I, wow. Earth and the side combined would be that jugulator. 
Jeez. Huh. But it, I, for context, it came out in 97. It was way after. Yeah. yeah. It was like seven right. years later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So metal was in a completely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. World. It was. Of, you know, like things were so different by then. Yeah. Seven years later. There's a quote from K.K. Downing about uh, basically realizing they had to change their sound because of thrash. Really? He says, uh, I remember doing gigs with Slayer in the early 80s and I guess resigned myself to accepting the fact that it was bound to go this way. <laughs> so I knew he was going to say Slayer because <laughs> with Slayer being so influenced by Judas Priest, mm-hmm. it, it almost, with this album, there's a lot of points on it where – I hear like the influence going backwards or where Slayer's influencing them or something yeah. that are like so much like something Jeff Hanneman would have written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while the music is great, <laughs> you don't like the lyrics. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. I didn't, I didn't even you read them. Gonna, you know what you're going to get with Judas Priest lyrics. Oh, I, I wrote something about the lyrics while I was listening to it about how they're super cliche yeah, they are. That's almost a credit. Wait, Leather credit. Rebel is a cliche? It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> almost like giving them credit by saying that because they are like the reason it became cliche because they started that whole thing. Yeah, yeah I feel like they, they that, get at least a bit of a pass. Wait, yeah. One of the biggest reasons I'd never gotten into this band was because of, you know, it was, you know, it was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't get past it. Like the, the cheese factor on this is <laughs> through the roof. Boy. <laughs> Like, well, I actually really liked it. I, I never listened to this album before. Yeah, I, I, really? I'm the same way. I never, I never listened to the whole thing through. And seriously, oh, shit. this is a good fucking we solid album. Like, that oh, was, I love I, this album. Yeah. Oh my god. So, I've always loved this album. I, I, it's, it's I'd say weird. the second half gets a little boring at certain points, but yes. I mean, and, yeah. and we already commented, "Living Bad Dreams." Why did that even make it onto this album? That's like a left. They really it's the closer. <laughs> yeah, closer. It should. Yeah, I mean, no, not not. Really. What 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 version are you listening to? <laughs> well, leather rebel, leather rebel live is the, the other. One shot of glory was the, on the tape. That was the end of the album. Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah, well, this must have yeah. Added. That's a yeah. that's a bonus for their 2001. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have added it because it's not it a bonus. Say bonus. It, well, no, that yeah. thing sucks. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> That's not part of the. Okay. Well, that's good because yeah, that's not a good song. Yeah. That's why I was like, "What slow song are you talking about?" I didn't realize you were. You know, yeah. When, yeah. when album, when, when bands no. go into the studio and record stuff and realize mm, this doesn't work, and then they cut it from the album, why the fuck would they put it back on there for like a re-release? Okay. I mean, well, because it didn't make an album. There. It didn't make the album because it sucked. It's a new yeah, song, though. They want to sell it. They, they want yeah. to sell more. Sell it separately for people who want to know. Complete us. Yeah. Don't put it on that album. Make you spend a dollar and download it these days or whatever. Yeah, every one of us has a has a several bands that we would fucking buy. Oh, hell yeah. The next version because they put one more stupid song on it. If, <laughs> I would but, unless you would. get it on the internet. But yeah, you know, we, we would have done that back then too. Yeah. So when you brought up the Columbia House thing, that's when I was a kid. The only Judas Priest album I had came from Columbia House. Mm-hmm. Judas Priest Live. I remember checking the box that I wanted that one because there was nothing left on that list that I would ever listen to. <laughs> yes. How hard yeah. the lists were. I, th- <laughs> um, I think that's how I got it too, actually. This this album was not one you had to check off. They were pushing it. I remember pushing it hard on uh, – it was like the cover of the metal version of Columbia House. Columbia House tried to sue me because I took like – I did that Penny for 13 tape. Oh, yeah. They always like, threaten you. And then you're – did you yeah. get your mom to write a letter to him? <laughs> well, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I talked over you. 
Oh, I did it so many times that they stopped sending me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wised up. Yeah, well, we, we play a little bit of Living Bad Am, dreams am I that. the only dumbass that actually, like, you know, bought stuff from them afterwards? Yes. Uh, I never oh, bought anything from them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They just kept sending it. It was like, it's on you guys. I just have to play the little shriek at the end. Yeah, you do. I know what you're talking about. That was in my notes, too. Why did you do this? I've got the two-minute mark of, of painkiller. Like, listen off is like, that's what we need to hear for his vocals. And you play that fucking shit. Strike it from the record. <laughs> this is bullshit. So, this motherfucker edits this shit, so it's not like yeah, it's making the show, you jackass. Hey, I'll hand those over to you if you want to edit it. <laughs> no. So, okay, we should have a Keith remix. <laughs> yeah, we, we can sell that later on. We can be like, it on. <laughs> just me snoring as I'm passed That's out. That's more like, Patreon. <laughs> more Patreon stuff, right? That's right. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Keep snoring. Give us a dollar. We'll give you isolated tracks of Keith's how, 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 an extra dollar per month. How have you not turned my snoring into like a soundbite? Oh, I should. Yeah. Yeah, Damn it. That's I a missed opportunity. <laughs> Damn it. I meant to bring this up. I asked, <laughs> this is why I sent you this picture, Eric, um, regarding the last album. And it this conversation reminded me because of Keith's impersonation of Horoscope. Oh, yeah. Which, let's hear that. Oh, I missed that. Horoscope! Oh, no. Horoscope! <laughs> what was that? It's my talent. My, my raw skill, you know? I'm a very good vocalist. Bobby Blitz? That's, that's, no, yeah. that's Keith's impression of Bobby Blitz. Okay. That's what he thinks the song Horoscope sounds like. I don't think he's ever heard the song. Uh, no. Yeah, I no. added the, the, the sports. I was like, that's not Horoscope. It sounds like, it sounds like the... Um, Sports Center. It, it is. It is. Okay, yeah. Center. It's yeah. a metal version of Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, when I meant to bring this up during King Diamond, but it, it, we can kind of double back here. Like yeah. uh, the um, when I was I was reading the um, notes for I think Conspiracy on Apple Music, and and then I sent you that text right there, the picture. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I took a, I took a screenshot of it. Because oh yeah, you, yeah yeah because if you scroll down it'll show you other like similar acts mm-hmm. and I was like this is fucking great because the first similar act was Merciful Fate obviously the second one is Overkill and yeah. I loved it because two of you guys can't stand King Diamond's vocals and Keith can't stand Bobby Blitz's <laughs> vocals <laughs> but Apple Music is like hey you guys should check each other out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Bobby Blitz's vocals. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, most of us do. Most of us, and you all are fucking idiots. Well, okay. <laughs> like Dave Mustaine's vocals, and better than I like Bobby. Keith, I like Depends I like Keith a day with him. I like Keith doing guitar, guitar solos. Is what I like. <laughs> That's what I like. I'm gonna need a few more of these, you know, to get to that point. <laughs> I don't remember what song it was. Oh, I think it was just him saying. Oh, you know when guitar players jerk off all the time? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Which, that's what guitarists do. <laughs> jerk off on yeah. themselves. Oh, that's all they are. Not good guitar players. <laughs> all 
All right, let's get back to this album, mm-hmm. Judas yeah, Priest. Let's, yeah, let's get away from. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, time out. I mean, it is Priest, so you know, jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't okay. mind that. What do the guitar players think of the solos on this album? Oh, fantastic! They're insane, but they're they. If I heard them at the time, I would have loved them, and it's. A, but now it's like everybody was doing that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not I as impressed as I should be, but I keep going. This was Judas Priest. This was KK Downing. He yeah. It, like five years before that, there's no way he was doing a sweeping. No. Record, you know? and that's, I put that exact like, note. exactly. Playing. Like, you think it wasn't them? You think no, it was conspiracy? Was I think he just improved his game like massively over yeah. five, the last five years. Let me ask you this though: the question is, is like, how did he improve now instead of like in 1978 or something? You know. Because I think Ram It Down sales probably inspired them. So, <laughs> so when Ingve Malmsteen came along, that pushed like this whole new virtuoso thing, and everybody started learning sweeping arpeggios. But Ingve Malmsteen wasn't really playing sweeping arpeggios, but people don't really know that. But then people like Marty Freeman, um, what was that guy who died? That was Marty Freeman's best friend, Jeff. Something. Oh. Anyway, oh. I don't know where KK Downing got lessons but somebody taught him how to do sweeping arpeggios that's what yeah, that first did. solo on painkiller it, like, it starts like, yeah and nobody was does you know none of those old school guitar players ever crossed that line because that no. stuff requires just sitting in your bedroom or your studio for like yeah i don't think iron maiden's ever done one no no. No, and I really, never noticed it I mean, until now. I never thought about it. They, they don't need to. Well, <laughs> don't like them. they've got Steve Harris. Of them, Fuck their guitar players. They've become like the finger tapping of today. Like when you remember, everybody used to finger tap and thought it was like the coolest thing because it's <laughs> yeah. flashy. Eddie Van Halen. But Eddie was like tasteful with it. Mm. That it and just like then, now nobody's tasteful with these arpeggios. It's just arpeggio, arpeggio. To, <laughs> it, t- it takes a lot to pick out the ones that are being tasteful anymore. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, but that's that. why when I heard them, I wasn't. I, on one hand, I'm impressed that he did it, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh god, sweeping arpeggios again. Like, <laughs> wait, so, what, did you want him to do it earlier, or you were you were like I mad that he did it later, I just or what? Shocked that he did it. Like, <clears throat> I'm shocked that he, but that the way he upped his game guitar wise from what I knew of Judas Priest because. There was a point where I downloaded every Judas Priest album and tried to listen to them from the very first, like mm-hmm. Rock and Rolla or whatever. Rock and Rolla is <laughs> Rock and Rolla is about as a different an album you can get. Right. So I kept it yeah. all the way through, and I never made it this far. I never made it. Killer. <laughs> I stopped one when I once I got to the cover of Dissident Aggressor, the, the song Dissident Aggressor, the Slayer covered. I was like, all right, I feel like I'm caught up. <laughs> and then I stopped. <laughs> Well, I um, I think we were doing – it was two years ago, so we were doing like some kind of like overall research for 88 albums. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. about. It was the first time I'd ever heard Ram It Down, and I didn't realize there – you could tell the band was kind of leaning this way finally. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like you could see from between Turbo Lover and this album, you could see where they were sort of headed the direction. And I think the fact that they got a, a kick-ass – awesome musician drummer like was just the, the thing yeah. that inspired them all absolutely to, i think so to yeah. really but they covered you know, johnny thrash metal almost and like made the most awful 
cover vert it's like it's not even the same okay. song and it was the theme song to a movie i can't remember what movie but it was some yeah it was yeah. i think i, probably I think never like, listened uh, to painkiller because once i saw that video for johnny be good on headbangers ball i was like this <laughs> man sucks yeah they did not pick a good song no. to put a video i think this i think the movie was called johnny be good well, and it had like uh, yeah Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was from. Yeah. 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 Football movie. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's a record company decision, too. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, they have yeah. no idea what they're doing. It didn't yeah. have to be the single with the video. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the record company I'm being like, all right, we want to push it. Do it. But come on. They just, they did the worst they could do. There's no way a band that's been around 20 years is going to be like, oh, let's do a cover of a song from the 50s. <laughs> that, that, that just got popular like four years ago from, oh, goddamn, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, you know. yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. It's- <laughs> but I bet you you could find some other examples of it if we try. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So the album, the album to me, it, it actually starts out pretty strong. I like, I actually didn't mind Hell Patrol. Painkiller is good. But then, like, then it just started getting really, really cheesy. Uh, for me, the second half is, is I don't even have notes written on almost any of it because it was I, – I would, I would flat out say I really did enjoy this album. I, I was, you know, I, I had heard at least enough about this album that this was like, you know, a really good one to grab. But uh, so I was really pleased with everything. But, you know, one way or another, definitely the – I mean, I would honestly say Painkiller is probably my favorite. Like it's yeah, like I, I think, think the start off the, yeah it starts off you know I hate yeah. albums that do that uh, I wish that like you know like the good meat was at least like at song three but you know yeah it sets I the like, tone for sure I, I like Touch of Evil and One Shot at Glory a lot too though no <laughs> yeah. yes I do no <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm glad you do Metal Meltdown was I don't feel like you are glad that I do Metal Meltdown the lyrics were just like God I can't even understand the lyrics so I don't care about that but. Here comes the metal meltdown. Here comes the metal so meltdown. Run for your lives. The riff in the verse does this thing that I've heard before in Disposable Heroes and in Warner, where it like it climbs up these chromatic steps and it makes this tension as it gets high as each step as it goes higher. And those are the only other two really good examples I can find of that. It makes it's it's the kind of thing that makes me like I don't know on edge and I like that <laughs> I thought we were going was, somewhere else with that. Joe was okay. bracing for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I have a I have a quote from uh, Rob Halford about the lyrics, and it kind of sums up Judas Priest. Really, he says about the song "Painkiller." The song tells the story of a gleaming metal angel sent to avenge mankind from the evildoers in the world, and he mm-hmm. says, "I think it's a wonderful statement. It embodies what metal is." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did he just leave? Because- <laughs> 
Well, he's like, I don't want to hear. He's like, I've had enough. He's a walk away. He's a walk it off. I can't take it. Um, I don't know. And I'm like, that's the problem then. Like, if that's what you think metal is, then like, I'm not on the same page with you, buddy. Right. And why didn't, like, if you're going to go like, okay, we're going to take inspiration from thrash bands. Why not take lyrical inspiration as well? I don't think that would be true to them. Yeah, I mean, I mean but Halford's Halford, time out. Halford's Halford, you're not going to. Well, then how can they get political? Well, that would be weird. But being a, doing a thrash album isn't? No. <laughs> I mean, he could have done no, like a Because I don't think, I don't think it was that huge of a departure from the previous album. It, it just, they got uh, a better. They got a better drummer and made, you know. Yeah, he, he picked up the pace a lot. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know. It's just, it's. I mean, it wouldn't be Priest without the cheeseball lyrics. I'm just, my point is. What if I'm, Maiden suddenly got all like. Crash metal? Super political in their lyrics. I it would be really bad. like it. Well, they have a couple songs that are. Yeah, but, but they're not. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I'm just saying like, I'm not on the same page as Rob Halford in terms of what makes great metal lyrics. No, me neither. And I, you know, at least make him clever. If you're going to do cheeseball, at least be clever about it. He's like, just like, I'm going to punch you in the face with these goofball stupid but metal meltdown run for your always life always been like that god and you're like dude Night can crawler. you just this is like you know like you just learn how to rhyme a song and you're like well you know metal meltdown like come on man think of something at least more creative yeah his lyrics suck yeah. but i mean he could sing like a... oh yeah maybe that's why he's like you know what fuck you i don't yeah. need good lyrics because watch this <laughs> yeah, the time anyways. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't look i don't I've, I've never looked for like lyrical depth from anything Judas Priest has done. No. But it's just, it's hard to get metal music. Sometimes it's hard to get past it when you're like, oh man, because like a lot of people don't pay attention to lyrics and that's fine, but I generally do. Yeah. And then you think like Black Sabbath who uh, predated them. I think, right? Yeah. 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 A lot. By a lot. Yeah. (laughs) 69 probably. So yeah, they had much deeper lyrical content. Yeah. Usually, and they had Usually. cheesy stuff but too. But, but their singer sucks. I mean, sing, singing wise, right? Uh, Ozzy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. You've never heard of that guy. He wasn't even Ozzy yet. <laughs> well, this is the same band that gave us Grinder looking for meat. Yeah. That's so. Once you to oh, eat. No, I like that. Yeah. Turbo lover. But the lyrics, again, is like, looking for meat, want you to eat. Like, right. Okay. It's like. You just rhymed meat and eat. Yeah. You I, don't even I, think, try. I think you have to match your. You have to sort of pair your expectations with the band you do i mean i i get it and like but at a certain point you're like i just can't do it anymore they're not going to become rage against the machine no i know playing judas priest music no i just i I hate saying i'm just not a judas priest fan like if this is their best album but and by all counts everyone says it's like one of their best albums and i I I don't know if i consider myself one either i like i mean what's the what's the definition of a fan like i i generally like them but i don't I wouldn't go well out of my way to say live well, ever if they were going to play. Again, I mean, but, let, I mean, let me ask you this because I mean, that, the big thing that the, the staples of you know this band besides the the leather, you know, and, and Halford's range is you know Tipton and Downing, uh, and mm-hmm. like the way the two of them play off of each other. I mean, you know, and some iconic riffs. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Like there are very few other bands out there that really kind of. I, mean, I think Maiden easily does it as well, but uh, yeah. you know, no one. There aren't a whole lot that really kind of feed off of each other. I think. Mm-hmm. What do you guitar players? You know, 
feel about that? I mean, I, I never well. listened to Priest enough to really. I mean, I don't see them feeding off each other either. I think it's more like a Kerry King, Jeff Hanneman style where it's more one guy's writing all the riffs and the other one's doing all the twanging. Is that the reputation with them? I don't know. That's just the way I I don't see them like doing a lot of, there's not a lot of improvisation going on. So I don't see how you could be going off of each other. You know what I mean? Especially when on this album where it's super fast, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a fan, and I this is well, com- well, the can only. Can we compare the- those? <laughs> can we compare them to um, Murray and um, Smith, Adrian Smith. Smith? Like, is there is there a, is it analogous to that? Or aren't what? they in the same scenario where it's like one guy wrote a song and the other guy's going to play it, then the next song that guy? No, I feel like I feel like Smith and Murray write different stuff. Yeah. I don't think. I, I feel like Murray is more of the solo guy of the two. Yeah. And Adrian Smith is more of the songwriter. I think at the start of their career they were, but I think Smith really upped his game around like Seventh Son and somewhere in time. <laughs> what, right before he game. left. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you mean? I, no, I felt like he was always more of the songwriter. When I of think of guitar players that play off of each other, I think, I mean, like the best example is Appetite for Destruction with Slash and Izzy, where if you isolate really? either one of those guitar players, they're not even playing the same thing, but you don't know it when you're listening to them together. There, it's crazy the things that Slash is playing that you don't know he's even doing, and then is he oh. because they're doing it together? It sounds like this big picture, and that's probably the best example I can think of. Where I would have never guessed that band in a million yeah, years. Yeah, and then because <laughs> I, I don't really know what they're doing differently. Like I don't know what part is one and the other. And they didn't have a huge catalog together. No, they did. So but Izzy wrote everything, and then Slash came in and just played over top of him his way and they recorded both separately but you know and then it's on the album together but you if you tear those tracks apart you'll hear stuff that you know you you wouldn't even recognize the song if it was just izzy playing you might not even know you're listening to that that's interesting i wouldn't i I had no idea i think aerosmith has a little bit of that too yeah aerosmith too acdc there's yeah. two guitar players that definitely play off each other. But in all these cases, they're not playing thrash metal or something fast. Right. You do something right. fast, there's no room for yeah. some guy to be like, hey, how about I try this? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, dude, what are you doing over there? See, I don't I don't know enough priests to really answer that question. Yeah, that's honestly. true, too. Probably on their older stuff, they did play off each other. Probably. Well, yeah. KK was fired or quit, right? I think he quit. I think he was okay. fired. I thought it was fired. Oh, Either way, right. he's he's not. I feel the like band this band. Yeah. <laughs> none of us know this band. Really. What do you mean now? Yeah, yeah. now. But people, I, didn't, I, don't know I haven't listened to Firepower, but people said Firepower is really good. It's so, not that the new so, one. Yeah, the, one? the latest one. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not that great. I just wonder yeah. if if it was you know, there's nothing even without it. yeah, even without KK in the band, does it sound like Priest? It's to be fair, I listened to it once, but I was like, I thought it was going to, I heard it was going to be good too. And I was like, this is, this is like, they're trying to do painkiller again, basically. And it's not mm. as good. You mean this new album? Yeah. The latest yeah, one. Was it like two, two or three years ago? Just a couple years ago. Yeah. 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 So that it's funny because painkiller must be the last of all the Judas Priest albums that I heard. So I heard every other album, including the newest one before I heard painkiller. Huh. And the first the thing I thought was like, <laughs> 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 so what I thought was like, 
this sounds like the new album that when I first heard it. So Angular came on, I was like, this sounds like lightning strikes or whatever that song. Yeah. So your perspective is completely wrong. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sure I put in my notes. No, it's, 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 it's completely opposite of mine. Cause I, I looked at this, the pinnacle and I had the nostalgia of it was the first like full album I owned by them. So like, I was like, shit, this, this band's great. Do you think this is their best album? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I haven't heard the the Ripper Owens albums, so yeah. And I don't, I don't, I probably haven't heard all their albums anyway. I know I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> I well, just, we had, I mean, we had Ram It Down. We yeah, had that a bunch. Had their first one. several albums are very just seventies. They're, they're from yeah, the mid seventies. What do yeah, you expect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean that doesn't make it bad. Necessarily. No, no, they're, no. they're actually pretty good. Yeah, it's they're good. Completely different. Than, yeah. That made me more interested in them was finding out all those 70s albums existed and going back. That's mm-hmm. why I started at the beginning. I wanted to see maybe I could see how they progressed through the 70s. And I'm trying to remember. It wasn't until is it, I think it was the third album. Maybe it was the second. Because like, the, the first album is not, it does not sound anything like them. No, not at all. Um, so maybe, let me pull it up. Um, British Steel's like the fourth album, right? Something like that. Uh, I know Screaming for Vengeance. That, I, I, hope we get to, I hope we talk about that album later this year because it's a it's a forty year. Which one? Uh, anniversary British Steel. Oh yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah. And to me, that was always like that's Judas Priest. That album. No, that's a that's an awesome album too. That's, I mean, that that definitely is uh, one of the most important metal rock albums. I think. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good point. I'm not taking away anything of their influence. No, and not the at importance all. of metal. No, I, you know, I get that without them, we probably wouldn't have a lot of our favorite metal bands. Yeah, that whole that. dual guitar attack is why Slayer did it, why Metallica did it. Yeah, I mean, that's what so, you know. Just wait, seeing, you know, <laughs> Metallica really didn't do it. <laughs> James I mean, having, does everything, well, and then Kurt just having, does the solo. Having <laughs> having two guitar players side by side playing rhythm stuff, and there are plenty of harmonies going on with yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, no way of a percent of metal, Judas Priest, all that stuff. One thing that kept going through my mind when I'm thinking about the era that this came out in is that Judas Priest wasn't the only one that was trying, you know, just like you were saying with King Diamond, Judas Priest wasn't the only one that was trying to catch up to these new thrash metal acts. Like Ozzy had just gotten Zach and yeah. all his stuff was suddenly faster and heavier. So yeah. I don't, I almost looked at Painkiller like it's no, um, what is it? No Rest for the Wicked. Like that kind of, like I right. didn't come into it thinking it's the greatest album. I know everyone says it is, but I was looking at it more like it's a comeback album. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So I went back in the um, discography. It's, Sin After Sin was their third album. It came out in 77. Okay. And I feel like that was the first album where they, they kind of honed in their sound that that would be theirs for the next, uh, up until this album, pretty much. Is that the one with Visit and Aggressor on it? Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of and they they redid Diamonds and Rust, which I think was on the first album as well, but they they did a slightly different version of it, if I remember correctly. It's not even their song, but um, that was the one that was kind of didn't fit in from what I remember. I haven't listened to the album in over a year. Which one had Rapid Fire on it? Was that on British Steel? Had what? Rapid Fire. 
So Birch Steel was 80. I think Screaming for Vengeance was 82, I believe. Yes, I think that's right. And the Defenders of the Faith was 84. Do you remember we saw James or um, Rob Halford and Metallica doing yeah. Rapid Fire and yeah. Fillmore? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was pretty. That cool. was cool. Yeah, <laughs> he had a cane. Remember that he came. Yeah, Rapid Fire is that's, a... that's uh, the first song on the album. Okay. Well, on the U.S. release, it's the uh, it's track two. Oh. They switched it with Breaking the Law. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's on that album. <laughs> Doesn't who cares about the al- the order on that album? It's, it's a fucking awesome album. Well, we should get back to this album anyway. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> stand- There's one any song- standout tracks Wait, you guys? what we're supposed to be talking about there's one song that i felt like belonged on turbo lover and that was a touch of evil touch of evil yeah definitely. for sure yeah like Absolutely. i was like this is not that air yeah, that's crazy <laughs> very glammy yeah. yeah and the keyboards on the song i said sound like video games yeah <laughs> 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 you can't have double bass the entire album <laughs> can sing for sure i just don't like this song okay. yeah that's good me <laughs> it yeah, sounds I'm, good I'm, can we you didn't like one shot at glory either no <laughs> no no i thought it was boring i, I like battle him good. leading into it more than i like <laughs> one shot of glory i said it was filler that was my note, so now I don't remember it, but I said it was cool. I think Between the Hammer and the Anvil was the only other one that I thought was okay. I thought that one reminded me of Metal Church. I, w- I would yeah. say this band definitely starts off at its highest point and then slowly just goes downhill. I still really did enjoy this album, but... Yeah, me too. You know, it, it definitely... It's a slide. That was the one I said the guitar solo was the best guitar solo on the album. Which one? Between the Hammer and the Anvil. Yeah, yeah. I said that too. I said great guitar work, very cool guitar. I said it might be my second favorite song, so I guess everything I just said was a lie. (laughs) 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 We'll play a little bit of that. Let's see. We find some like guitar solo stuff. That's cool, cool drum stuff. Yeah. Let me get to some of the solos here. Yeah, so that was a good song. I can hear what you mean, Justin. uh, Metal Church. Yeah, yeah, it was very. That, that, that. That riff right there was totally yeah. Metal Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, should we do some listener feedback? Yes. Yeah. Why not? All right. I'll start. Um, our friend Charlie Kramer, who um, three of us know, yeah. he said, the... "He said, dude, you got to do it right, a... dude, dude." <laughs> I was in a band with a guy who could sing Painkiller just like Halford. 
Dude's name was Jerry, and he worked at a graveyard. <laughs> he ended up he ended up leaving town abruptly because he was caught sleeping with the bass, bass player's wife just before the bass player also abrupt left uh, abruptly left town after stealing a bunch of money from his employer. Every bit of this is true. Gotta love the metal band. It's so cliche, though, right? <laughs> yeah. like every band enough. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 You can have my wife. I'll take the money. <laughs> um. So let's see. Ray Outlier again spoke up on this one. Um, Tim, do you want to take that one? Again? Sure, I'll take him. Ray says Painkiller was the heaviest traditional heavy metal non thrash record by a major artist I've ever heard. In the face of adversity, Judas Priest put out a record with the teeth it had right after that silly trial they were part of. Oh, yeah, that stupid trial. Oh, yeah, there was a, yeah well, we can get into that if this is. Yeah, there was a whole thing yeah. with that. Uh, such a great title track and opener for the record. Absolutely. Uh, Eternal respect, even though I'm not the world's priest fan, the world's biggest priest fan. That being said, their last record was is the best since Painkiller. Rather amazing when you think about it. So he's talking about uh, uh, the newest one, yeah. Doom of Lightning, or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we didn't talk about the trial. The whole yeah bullshit yeah, that actually delayed the album. Yeah, yeah. from being released. Yeah, it they were being sued for subliminal messages that they put on. It caused uh, an album that ended up killing that some well, one one or two kids killed themselves. No, one guy committed suicide and the other guy shot himself and you know it was the like throat the gun. Uh, shoot 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 <laughs> that's right that's right yeah <laughs> the song was what better by you better than me so yeah song. because every every artist wants their people that like them to kill themselves yes, of course. Right. Yeah, makes makes sense. Sense. they can buy yeah. so many albums. So many Which uh, you no? Know, speaking of Metal Church, you know they had a song that was uh, that was uh, in reference to that. Was it yes. in Morning on the yeah. next album that they produced after this? Oh, interesting. That's true. Great song too. Did you know that, Justin? No, I don't think I heard that album. What the uh, Metal Church album? Yeah. Oh, oh we yeah, should yeah. listen to that. Human Factor. Yeah, that song is uh, is directly about that. Trial. Mm-hmm. Is that like 91, 92 ish? 91. It was 90, 91. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. 91. Mm-hmm. I think I stopped listening to the Metal Church in the late 80s. Well, well that's... that could have been their first album. Oh, yeah. It was a good album, but it was the. <laughs> I think in 91, you could have stopped for a while. Yeah. True. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Halloween, too. That was the. Uh... Yeah. I liked them for a very short stint at the same time and then mm. never wanted to hear them again for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> same with Grim Reaper. They had that oh, one. No, I never liked that. No. <laughs> you <laughs> liked Grim Reaper? With the, liked what's the wrong with you? Gaffin is too. I like that one song. Diastema. Rock you to hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like 20 times. So and bad. I never want to hear this ever again. Oh, no. And I was only like 13 years old. And already That's tried. the thing, yeah. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> they're all really young <laughs> god we've got more more um did, did we did here. we do enough justice to that trial i don't think we i, I think we got off t- uh, topic no. didn't we? yeah no that's okay i mean that's enough they still got a lot of megadeth to talk about yeah so, well one way or another i mean let's face it we that was a big everybody, thing like, every, the album yes everybody knows that the album trial. was the album was supposed to come out in march of 1990 and it was delayed till september i think yeah because they were in court fighting over this uh, lawsuit that yeah. um, alleged that they put subliminal messages that made two people in the attempt suicide one one, one committed you know one yeah 
um, try to kill themselves or, or do it. So, so stupid. You know, it's, it's part of the whole like Tipper Gore, yeah, uh, PMRC, PMRC thing. Yeah, that whole it was still it was that was still going strong. Yeah, the kids or, say it, was, that? it was dying out, but it was still it was still there. Yeah. Did the kids um, the, the kid actually say Judas Priest made him do it? That was the record that was on their turntable. Is, yeah. is I think what it was. Oh, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's absurd. <laughs> it, yeah, it's so yeah. Stupid. I mean, but looking time, back for like, sure, yeah. we, we don't even was, need to waste our time on discussing the the aspects of that trial because guess what? Uh, you know, they won it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easily, yeah. it was not even kind of uh, question. You know, thinking back to that Metal Church song, it, it it actually does a good job of of um kind of. If they have an actual good perspective on the on the mm-hmm. situation. I, th- yeah, I think the lyrics are really good in that song. Yeah, because some of the lyrics on that album are completely stupid. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, song, that album's like that half one. good. Yeah. <laughs> that song that they they really I think they nailed it. Yeah, that song's great. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into that next year hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. would suspect so. Okay, let me uh, let me grab Tom's because I think uh, pretty much everything he says is what I believe too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is Tom Coleman. Uh, Joe and Eric, so former uh, guitarist. Uh, Painkiller is just a strong album. Not a big Jesus Priest fan, but I definitely appreciate the whole thing. Yeah, I kind (laughs) of feel like him too. Yeah. Yeah. On this, this is the. This and British Steel are the two albums of of Priest that I'm like. I I love those two, and then I'm kind of. And they've released like like, what? 18 others? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is Roger, I'm going to butcher his last name. Michalski. Michalski, yes, thank you. He is uh, in Virginia Fuel with... Um, oh, Roger. Nice. Yeah, Roger. Yeah, Roger. You know Roger. Justin, Tim, and I. <laughs> so he says, love Painkiller, classic priest with thrash thrown in there. Touch of Evil is one of their best yes. songs. <laughs> Have you all ever discussed Fight, War of, World, or War of Words? Love that album. I think I listened to that more than Painkiller. We have not. We have not discussed fight. I, I think there's well, that band didn't exist yet, and yeah. like you know what we do, we'll be talking about that eventually. Yeah, yeah, maybe ninety one. I think fight album came out. I don't know. Maybe ninety two. Probably, yeah, well, probably ninety two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had. He wants to do uh, Paul's quote with a British accent. Uh, <laughs> that's Joe, that's all you. Joe, it's all you. <laughs> I we gonna oh, do Tim, it. I'll Tim do it. That's a pretty Me? good Paul. I, I don't have a good, good I'll British do it. accent. <laughs> okay, good. Like, okay, good. British accents too. Just, just hum, he sounds like Steve Harris. Just hum. yeah. He says, "Painkiller was more enjoyable than expected. Fast, heavy riffs galore. Yup, it's cheesy motorbike and leather metal. A real cliche, but it kept me interested. <laughs> I can ignore lyrics and vocals and just yes. get into the music. The album rips along at a great pace. Tracks like Between the Hammer and the Anvil." are just total old-fashioned metal. I'm old school, so can't help smiling and enjoying some of these great, some of these great driving music. Give it 7 out of 10. He is going to be so go. pissed off. I know. That's, <laughs> why, that's, why, that's why I did I it. You, I you did an excellent job. That's why I did I it. That was great. Rating system, like, so many people just scale their ratings like everything's between 8 and 10. He gave something he loves a seven, right where it belongs, right? Like, <laughs> Seven's pretty fucking good, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's a C. People are bad with that's with yeah, you know. And <laughs> all right, so now it's our turn to grade this album. Speaking of which, oh, uh, before we go away from this album, 
You have to play the death version of Painkiller, right? Oh, yeah. We've, we've done that before, but we have to. The what? Oh, it's yeah. It's fucking this awesome. Death plays a Chuck Schuldiner version. Yes. Oh, I yeah. And it's, it's amazing him, that um, he did be cover of Shock. No. Shocked. no. Oh I want to. I, I, God, I, I, I love death and I want to hear this, so. Oh, yeah. Turn the Wait till you hear it. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> he threw an extra double bass, like yeah. quadruple bass in there. <laughs> All right, we can't play the whole song. That was yeah, great. Yeah. Copyright issues, right? Thank you. That was fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, is that um, that's not is that Gene uh, Hoglin on Hoglin? Gene Hoglin on drums? I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, know. you know. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. That's, it might be the guy that just oh, died. Uh, oh, uh, Sean Reiner. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I would assume it's one of the two, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, the thing I pulled it up from said it was 98, but I don't know if that's accurate or not. I mean, hey, I'm not a huge Priest fan. That death version, I think, was better than the original. <laughs> I, I would agree with you. <laughs> I like what he says. This is... <laughs> He's almost got a um, a creator. Yeah, he does. Totally. Yeah. 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 I thought that too. Totally creator. So that was off of, I guess that was recorded during the Sound of Perseverance. That's what I saw, yeah. Um, that was 98? Sorry? That was, yeah, 98. Yeah. And would have been Richard Christie on drums. Oh, oh nice. How about that? Who was that? He was on the Howard Stern show. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. He's on Howard Stern. Yeah, he's on Howard Stern. He was on Ice to Earth also. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who that is. He's a fantastic drummer. He's really good. It's Gene yeah. Hoagland. Yes. Hoagland. I got corrected before. I want to make sure that's clear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got you. Um, I can edit that. Don't worry, Joe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about Racer X. I just wanted to mention oh, that yeah. song. Because uh, it was also a 90 album in America. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Technical Difficulties. Did you listen mm-hmm. to that, Keith? No. You guys uh, were talking about that on text. and Go I, to like, I didn't. Eric, if you can go to like 3.30 in that song, the riffing is just. And I know we're so Racer X was the drummer and Judas Priest All right. at this point. He's uh, at three thirty. Wait, wait, wait. His name yeah, his like, name is Racer X. No, Scott Travis no. was on a band <laughs> called Racer X. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I went and listened to that album that came out right before he went to the Judas Priest and um some of the songs were aw- well, I wouldn't say awful. They were bad, but this one was amazing. The, the title track is an instrumental. And um is it more so than the drumming, which is why I listened to it in the first place, the, the guitar playing is just absurd. Yeah. The, the little triplet on the riff is just... That guitar player is Paul Gilbert. 
That was yep. the who was also in Mr. Big of all things. Yeah. Waste of talent. I, I mean, Mr. Big had an incredible bassist, but uh, in horrible, course. horrible, horrible songs. Yeah. Which one? Uh, all there of was them? one song that was good. I, I only know Be With You. I don't, did they have other songs? <laughs> they did, and they were good. Some of them. I would one of you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Hold I on. have a sound clip for that. Hold on. Wrong! Wrong! <laughs> So the guitar player I was trying to say earlier was Jason Becker. Right. So for, oh, okay. They had an album for, called Cacophony, right? For which? Yeah. And then he went on to do uh, David Lee Roth. He replaced Steve Vai and David Lee Roth hmm. right before he got ALS. And he couldn't, he finished the album and then couldn't go on tour. Hmm. Man. And then he died. Well, ALS. So. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Let's fucking grade this album. Okay. For fuck's sake. I'm giving it a D. Ooh, wow. D. Oh. That's harsh. Damn, I I say C plus. This is being a Keith. <laughs> this album gets an A. No. Yeah, I was gonna say A minus. This is a Ooh, good. Yeah. This is a this is a good fun album. I enjoyed yeah. it. You know, listening to it, I, I am not going to regret a second of uh, well, except for that horrible add on song that they threw on. Doesn't count. Strike it. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, one way or another, it's it's a good metal album. If, if, if you have never heard any Judas Priest, this is a great one to listen to. Yeah. Start here or British Steel. That is true. I give it a B. All right. Which is fair, because I have fine. never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think I've ever heard a single song on it before, which is really weird. I usually... You, you had to have heard Painkiller. You had to have heard yeah. Painkiller. Yeah. I would, I would think I would remember, but whatever. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well... Okay. All right. So now, can we take a break? Yes. Yeah, we can take a break. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Prepare. So yes, we actually will take a break here, as that concludes part one of this episode. Uh, next episode, we will get into Megadeth. Rest in peace. Um, we just went a little long on on Judas Priest and on King Diamond. So, but uh, yeah, keep on the lookout for uh, part two coming up hopefully next week. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you all later. Energy, energy, aggression, power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. We say things to people that mean something. I mean, in our own little way. Ricky, quick, will you try to think that? (laughs) The human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing. (laughs) 